He doesn't know anything about it. So you're asking me to step down? I'm asking you to do what's in the best interest of the party. And this president. Well, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Not over this. And if I know our president, he's not going to allow me or himself to get shot down over what would have been a private sexual encounter. Some swan song for the old man, huh? It's just fucking awful. Look, the senator got a little wild when she was 19. What is the big deal? Well, let me explain the big deal to you. The people of this nation can stomach quite a bit. The one thing they can't stomach is the image of a vice president with a mouthful of cock. Look, you don't have to use... Look, let's use the word alleged. They got photos. They got witnesses. They got the alleged slut. Hey, wait a minute. Let me tell you something. I'm a husband first. I don't tolerate talk like that. Will, calm down, Will. Come on. Better get used to it, Will. Especially when not even your wife will defend herself. Give me something, Lane. Anything. Hell, just deny it. Why don't you just deny it? It is simply beneath my dignity. Dignity. Right. Well, we'll just have to make this all not worthwhile for Mr. Runyon. What have you got on the distinguished gentleman from Illinois? Some pretty good stuff, actually. Um, yeah. SEC investigation, 1985. You got stocks? I want something embarrassing! Something sexual! Little boys, midgets, that sort of thing. Cows, I don't give a goddamn... Come on, Kermit. If we do that, we're no better than he is. We are no better than he is. Look, there's nothing there. He got married when he was 21. There's no evidence he ever cheated on his wife. He... Oh, wow, it's too bad we're not running in France. We could really nail him on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week on the podcast, uh, you want to get your shark steak sandwich? Uh, crank up the uh, cover of Ring of Fire on your car stereo and try to push through your vice presidential nominee. Uh, we're talking about the contender this week on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. And my name is Jason Martin. And I am Paul Conlon. All right. And yeah, we're talking about the uh, 2000 movie, um, The Contender. Um, many big people in it. Lots of good names. And, but not a movie that most people know about or remember uh, or have ever seen or ever heard of. Me included. Yeah, yeah. I would call this the first time I watched it. Okay. Yeah, I figured. I mean, it's most people I mention it to, they're like, what? Jeff Bridges? And I was, I was surprised not only of the people in it, but uh, the writer-director, Rod Lurie, I, did a fantastic job. I even looked yeah. him up to see what writer, he could do. Writer, wrote, and directed. Yes, and... This was pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, no. He's done a lot of TV shows since then. Uh, yeah. Two or three episodes here and there. Different uh, different shows. Uh, a couple other movies at the time around the year 2000. Mm -hmm. But other than that, yeah, uh, no, nothing out there. Right, right. It's surprising. It's almost like he decided he didn't want to 
try. Whatever stories he had to tell, he couldn't tell the way he wanted. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the movie opens up with, uh, we hear a cover of uh, Ring of Fire and uh, a, car, a red car driving pretty fast down the highway, which uh, leads into the uh, the title card of the movie, The Contender. And then uh, it cuts to uh, a couple guys fishing. Uh, Governor Hathaway, played by William Peterson, and uh, a reporter from some some newspaper, um, and he's interviewing him while they're fishing, kind of thing. And uh, he's asking about his favorite world leader, and uh, you know, I mean, the way they lead into it is good because they're just you don't know that's a question, but he mentions like a lot of people probably say Gandhi or say Mandela or you know Churchill, you know, and he's like Sadat. So he uh, talked about the leader of uh, Egypt or whatever. And, uh, you know, I don't know his reasoning for saying that, I guess, just to say something unexpected. But um, and then we hear the music from the car. I mean, you don't unless you know to look for it like me. But and the car goes over the bridge into the river. Right next to the governor. Yeah. Yeah. What a coincidence. Yeah. Did you... um? I know you didn't know what to look for, but while the guy's asking him questions, the reporter, he, he looks at his watch. Didn't notice Yeah, no. that's, like I said, that's something that, unless, you've already, unless you already know what's going to happen, you're not, you know, you're not expected to notice that, but he looks at his watch. <laughs> so that's definitely an indicator. It's a foreshadowing for sure. Um, Something's going on. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, you uh, you know you see him dive in and go down and without a hesitation in the world, right? He jumps into the he pretty much jumps in before the car disappears in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does all his clothes on and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you see him swim down and uh, try to open the door and he can't get it open. Door won't open. Yeah, and the woman uh, you see her face, you know, saying "Help me." You can still hear the music muffled by the water, um, and. Uh, and then he comes up and he gets his breath and he goes back down. And by then she's she's gone. But he opens the door first. He's, he has trouble opening the door and <laughs> finally gets the door open. Once he gets it open, he's got to go up. Yeah. And uh, that takes all. That's, that, that's all the time it takes. Yeah. For the yeah. girl to not make it. Yeah. And then next, you know, the scene's over. And next you're in the uh, Oval Office. And... Uh, they use this twice in the movie. They, they show an upshot to the ceiling. Uh, you see Jeff Bridges talking. You see the presidential seal yeah. above his you know, head. Like, you're already going to know, but to let him know, hey, this is the president. Yeah. Um, but that's a nice little framing thing, you know. And uh, he says, nasty business, that is. Uh, that's pure Audie Murphy. Um, for uh, our younger viewers, he didn't, say, he didn't say Eddie Murphy. <laughs> no, he said Audie Murphy. Audie Murphy was a World War II yeah. uh, soldier who uh, proved himself during wartime and uh, came out of the war and went to movies and made yeah. uh, westerns at the time. Yeah, and played himself. Yeah, played himself. Get, became famous, I believe, yeah. playing himself as his life story. Yeah. And then became a yeah big movie star. Probably. Yeah. Um, and it's true. What happened, you know, assuming all was legitimate and honest, it was pure Audie Murphy. He was a hero for sure. Except the reason for the meeting at the office is 
he failed to save the girl. Right. So there's that. It's a bad beat. It's a bad as beat. They put it. Yes, it's a bad, bad beat. If only he'd saved the girl. Yeah. And what foreshadowing there is in that. Yes. And um, they asked him before they turn him down, basically, they, you know, he says, I could see her face. That's what it was like. I could see her face. She looked at me helpless. Her face was frozen with that look. She carried that look into death. And then, uh, you know, they, they'd say the bad beat. Jack, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. Can't have another Chappaquiddick. And he's like, yeah, but Kennedy, Kennedy left. I tried to save her, you know, <laughs> which is true. Um, but, you know, it's a bad beat. A girl died and you let it happen. You, know, you were unable to prevent it from happening. Right. I mean, but they say you let it happen, even though they don't apply to you on purpose. And as heroic as your efforts were, they failed. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, before they, uh, you know, usher him out of the room, basically, um, the great line, um, they say to Jack, uh, you're the future of the Democratic Party, and you always will be. You always will be. <laughs> That's so great. That's such a bullshit line. And, you know, and no one, I mean, no one, you know, reacts to it, but it's obviously just very hypocritical, full of shit, you know, but I love that line. And uh, that's when, when he's leaving, that's when uh, Saul Rubinek's character walks in, you know, and he's, he's a little confused. He's like, it looks like he says something like he's been, you know, it looks like he's been whatever, beat yeah. or shot yeah. or something or whatever. Cause uh, Rubinek's not there for the discussion, and uh, but you know he was obviously thought it was going to happen, you know for sure. Um, and um, you get the you know they're talking about who's going to be the nominee, and they they say, well it's either Malloy or Hanson, and and we never meet Malloy, but you know Jeff Bridges' character is saying. You know, Malloy's in here. He won't be trying to do his job. He'll be trying to take my job, whoever whoever he is. Yeah. So it's got to be Hanson. Of course, we don't know at that point who Hanson is. No. In fact, I've, I've noticed that they very specifically were not gender specific on Malloy or Hanson. Yes. Um, because the, the reveal for Hanson is Joan Allen. Right, right. But then, the, you know, I, I've seen it so many times. It's But I guess I think probably the first time I saw it when a phone rang is you assume it's probably her husband because he, he gets the fuck because he, he gets here. He gets the, you know, he answers. All right. So I guess, you know, that, that part is lost on me now because I've seen it so many times that you assume it's supposed to be him. And of course the president calls her while she's having sex, which is a nice little fun touch to, to the movie. To um, storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, they're riding there or whatever. Um, and then Mike Binder, who plays her really, Kind of a chief of staff PR. or PR or something. Yeah. I like him. He's he's been in a lot of stuff. He played, you know, he's in a lot of things. He's a you know, long time stand comedian who basically turned, you know, pretty much just actor, I think. Um uh, he had his own show on HBO for a while. And, you know, he's been in a lot of different things. Um but they get to the White House and uh Hanson and her husband and Mike Viner's character are all down the bowling alley. That's where they meet him. And uh the president asks, have you ever been down here? <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Uh, no, no. Um, he, uh, Jeff Bridges, you know, whatever, misses a spare or whatever. He's like, that's what I get from my leftist tendencies, you know. Um, and uh, so 
it has to be mentioned. I think this think this is the next movie he did after The Big Lebowski. Oh, I didn't look that up for sure. It's two years later. It could have, but so it's a movie with yeah. Jeff Bridges it's, where he's bowling. Yes, and Sam Elliott's also in it. So yes, yes. Also, Sam Elliott's character is, I guess, chief of staff. Yeah, yeah. And he's sort of the voice of conscience right. as well. Very Which much he wasn't a Big Lebowski. The stranger was. Right, right. So that's a weird This thing. is an interesting uh, little trivia thing there, uh, mm-hmm. going through all the, the actors in it. Sam Elliott, when he made this movie in the year 2000, was the same age that I am now. Really? Yep. So I don't like... After I look at a few other scenes, kind of mm-hmm. look at them like, oh, that's how, is that how I look? No, that's not how I look. Yeah, unfortunately, no. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's the age. Yeah, yeah, and uh, a rare mustacheless Sam Elliott. Yeah, I'm sure all the women were disappointed. He's got to shave every once in a while just so people remember. Oh, that's what he looks like. Go back, go back. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and thanks to the uh, the internet and the memes, everyone gets to see mustachioed. Cowboy, right? Elliot. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, you know, you get the uh, the beginning here, which is one of my my favorite running gag in the movie. Is uh, I think is Jackson Evans. I think is uh, Bridges. Yes. Or, yeah. Evans, uh, his obsession with the White House kitchen. Yes. Because um, he says something about I saw this. I think he said I saw this movie where they the White House kitchen could prepare any food you could think of. And I believe that was probably Dave. Oh, okay. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen Dave in a long time. I like Dave. It was a good movie. Um, because uh, was it? it was either Dave or it was an American president. Okay. But both of them came around, I think, around the same time in a couple of years. And they both featured things that could be done at the White House. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like, you I know, think one of the famous lines from American president was, where'd you get flowers? Miss Brittany goes, hey, I've got my own rose garden. Who knew? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like sarcastic. Okay. I never thought about that. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. One of those two movies, uh, I think yeah. it was Dave. Seems like Dave. Yeah. Seems Dave. like a yeah, because yeah, that definitely was a lot of comedy than yeah. you know necessarily than drama. I don't, I don't remember, but it's been a while. But um, yeah, his his obsession with the kitchen. You know, he's like, oh, one day I'll catch him napping. You know, yeah. he keeps coming up with weird yeah. something. I think later on, is like, give me kung pao chicken, but make it with the walnuts. Walnuts. Yeah. <laughs> and they go, you got it, sir. Yeah. He's disappointed. Right, right, they right. say, yeah, yeah. Uh, that and then what the shark. Steak the sandwich. shark steak sandwich, yeah. <laughs> this uh, my old roommate Jay, who I watched this with a lot of these movies with them for the first time. That shark steak sandwich line was a was a line we said many, many, many times. In fact, we went to uh, Agatha's the murder mystery dinner yeah. thing in Atlanta, and uh, on the menu, one of the things they choose. Those places have terrible food. I mean, it's, it's super cheap wine and it's terrible food, and they actually had shark steak and. It was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> we got it just because it sounded cool, but man, it was bad. Uh, those places have watered down wine and bad uh-huh. food, but you know, you don't care because it's fun. So, um, and uh, and uh, now when they basically decide on Hanson, um, Sam Elliott, uh, this is this is obviously true. Like, you know, his his husband or her husband says, you know, Mary, I want to be supporting you, and Sam Elliott says, No, you won't. A wife behind her husband is perceived as supportive. A husband behind her wife is perceived as pulling the strings, which absolutely is true. Yeah. You can't be a, a double standard. Yeah. You can't, you know. A lot of the movies about double standards. So. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, we meet uh, 
Gary Oldman's character, um, Shelley Rennion. And, um, you know, he talks to uh, Sam Elliott, Kermit, um, and uh, he says, look me in the eyes and tell me that uh, Lane Hansen is is uh, your first choice. And that moment between Gary Oldman and Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott's just, Lane Hansen is absolutely my first choice. And you know he doesn't believe it, but he's never going to let him know that he feels that way. And he's kind of saying it in like in a fuck you way, like, oh, she's absolutely my first choice. And, uh, but and also it, by saying it in that way, it almost kind of implies that it might not be the president's first choice. It's my first choice. Oh, okay. I never thought about it. He's my first choice. Oh, okay. You know, it sounds very confident, but at the same time, you're also saying oh. it's your first choice, but not necessarily someone else's first choice. I've never thought about it that way. But I guess because I know in the movie that it really wasn't his first choice, comments. Yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. The first time you're seeing it, that makes sense that that. And that we all know that away. from the meeting scenes that Hathaway was the first choice. Or, right. Or at least a primary choice. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, Gary Oldman says to the Sam Elliott, you know, oh, I so want you in my poker game because he thinks he's full of shit. <laughs> um, and uh, there's, a, there's a moment where uh, Saul Rubinek and uh, Gary Oldman are, you know, just together and who is your second choice? And he's like, well, we, we like, we like Hathaway. That's when Kermit's out of the room. And then when Kermit comes back in the room, Gary Oldman said, now Hathaway, now that's a good choice. Just to put a dividing line between uh, Rubinak and Elliot. That's uh, it's a good little smart little thing, you know, either for political reasons or just to piss them off either way. I think it was, we find uh, later on whatever happened in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, right. <laughs> uh, whatever happened there, yeah. With, uh, That's the Jackson people. Evans and Shelley. Um, everything he's doing with with uh, the cabinet and uh, anything to do with the Jackson presidency is personal, and yeah. all wedges are personal. And, yeah, and yes, they are political, but uh, it's also war for him. Mm-hmm. Politics and war, one and the same. Yeah. Um, and then right after this, we see um, uh, Gary Oldman meets uh, Christian Slater's character. Yes. Christian Slater's character is uh, his last name is Webster. And uh, you know, he's he's lot he's wanting to be on the committee. Mm-hmm. Um and uh I, he said, I feel like I can be an objective. And this is such a great line that might be missed, but uh, Oldman says to uh Slater, Do you have a dictionary, Mr. Webster? Yeah. <laughs> and I swear half the time I watch it I forget that's a good joke. Um but uh you know, anyway, he says, cross out the word objective. Constituents want you for your opinions, not your subjectivity. Um, and uh, and uh, Webster uses that line later on against yeah, Shelley. Yeah. Um, he said, uh, I'm talking about his party and his party loyalty to the Democrats. Right. He says, at some point, you know, they're going to want me for mm-hmm. my objectivity and not my subjectivity. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, soon after, we see. Uh, Lane Hansen with her son and her father, uh, the great Philip Baker Hall. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Sad Eyes. Um, Sad Eyes. Yeah. I noticed the, the, the puffy eyes in the movie. Yeah. That's, that's his trademark. Um, and, um, and uh, they ask, um, he asked the, the, his grandson, how do we get top spin? And the grandson says, cause baby Jesus gave baby Jesus gave a top spin. And he's like, baby Jesus, what? 
And he's talking about, you know, separation of church and state is like this is what I fought, you know, fought against stuff like that. And uh, um, but then we find out that uh, her dad, you know, first of all, was a Republican and was a big, big time senator for a long time. Governor. Governor. Was a governor? Governor. Oh, OK. OK. Governor of a state, whatever state there. Right. Down. And he was the long, big time governor there. Mm -hmm. uh, Republican. Right. He's Democrat. Right. And Jesus saying, well, no one's, we haven't said anything yet. One way or the other, the news is out that I'm the, I'm the pick. And no worries that you're going to, you know, come down the wrong side for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dad, please. Yeah. And, and he says, well, I, I have to love at least one Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good line. Um, they have, uh, um, you know, Runyon finds out that, you know, talks to Webster again and realizes he doesn't like Hanson's politics, even though they're both Democrats. So he's for him, it's it's a, it's a good thing he found a Democrat that will pro probably he thinks but with him because um, he had you know he he gave his word on fairness as far yeah. as equal Republican Democrat. Um, Unfortunately, what he doesn't realize is that he wasn't really paying attention to Webster about his own version mm -hmm. of fairness yeah. and, and keeping an objective, open mind. Yeah, and that goes back around to bite Shelley in the ass a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the um, um, uh, pretty soon after, uh, I can't remember Mike Binder's character, but he he meets him at the uh, barbecue place, and uh, the guy who's the the second in command, whatever from Runyon, uh, gives him photos of the gangbang. Yes, um, with Hanson from college and the fraternity house, and uh, and the affidavits. Yeah, yeah. A lot of good little uh, camera, tricky camera working storytelling mm -hmm. there where uh, he's reading, they're reading through the affidavit and they switch to the affidavit, affidavit being made and there's running right there mm -hmm. asking yeah. questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, the, you know, you see the deposition or whatever, running is there. And, uh, the deposition, running is, uh, you know, running it, which, you know, I guess he would be because he's head of the committee, but, you know, he meets whatever woman who it is. It's like, um, it, she literally says, you know, she came out covered in cum. So yeah, <laughs> congratulations. That's the first time we said cum on the on the uh, podcast so far, I think. Um, and uh, Runyon is talking about he uses a lot of things like obviously dishonest, but this you know appalling, disgusting behavior. And he's like, no, he says something like, strike that. No, strike. I didn't. You know, he says it, so everyone thinks yeah. he hears him say it, but then he's like, strike it from the record. Yeah, during during the right during the confirmation <laughs> here, right? And um, you have um, Evans and Kermit and Lane uh, are talking about this. You know, this the photos, and uh, you know, Hanson's like, it's just not okay. It's not okay to be asked, and uh, you know, Kermit says something like. Um, you know, the people of this nation can stomach quite a bit. One thing they can't stomach is the image of the vice president with a mouthful of cock. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the only actor right. uh, in America that can deliver that line with such gravitas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so funny, but so, yeah, true. I mean, yeah, of course. Um, and uh, and they're trying to, they're, they're uh, investigating Runyon, trying to find out you know, what have you got on the distinguished gentleman from Illinois? And he says something about the SEC. He's like, you got stocks? 
I want something embarrassing, something sexual. Little boys, midgets, cows. I don't give a goddamn. <laughs> Again, Sam Elliott. <laughs> no, that was uh, that was uh, Jackson. No, that part was that, that was that was Elliott. Was Elliott? Oh, yeah. Yes, you're right. Okay. Well, I mean, Evans might might have said the first part. No, no, no. About right what do you, you got? No, that was. I remember the, how how angry mm-hmm. Kermit was right there. Yeah. Um, and Hanson says, you know, if we something about if they find something on him, like if we do that, we are no better than he is. And Sam Elliott, we are no better than he is. Yes. Um, <laughs> Sam Elliott has so many great lines in this movie. Um, a lot of them do, but. Uh, and this is Lane meets uh, Runyon, which is a stand we find out is SOP, Standing Opportunity Procedure, to lunch at the whatever restaurant that they've both been at a lot, obviously. Yeah. And uh, he says, I ordered you the porterhouse. She said, I don't eat She's, meat. I don't eat meat. No, you really should have it. So not only does he order meat, he orders the biggest steak there is, porterhouse. And then keep, and when she <laughs> orders the vegetable, that are penny pasta, and he goes, but just put the meat on the side. She'll, she'll try it. Yeah. Said, no. <laughs> that was really a fuck you. Just, I don't eat meat, but order the biggest steak you can think of. Uh, um, and um, they're talking about, um, running is talking about uh, deviant. Um, they're, they're at that dinner. You know, who says it's deviant? And uh, Runyon, this is a great line. What I say, the American people will believe. You know why? Because when I say it, I'll have a very big microphone in front of me. Uh, that's that's a good, pretty much the way it is. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, that's a great great line there. Um, you know, Webster uh, meets um, Evans, and uh, that's when he, that's the shark steak sandwich. Yes, fucking shark shark steak sandwich. Um, and uh, basically, uh, Evans is wanting you know Webster to lay off, take it easy on her, and. Uh, and he doesn't want the shark steak sandwich. So Evan says, so you choose not to break bread with the president of the United States. And, and so he reaches out and grabs half that sandwich and takes a big old bite. Yeah. Yeah. And Evan says, I envy you. I do because someday you're going to come back here years from now with your family. You're going to look up at my painting. You'll be say to your kids and your grandkids, you know, something about, well, someone who could have maybe ended up there one day. Yeah. It's okay. Because, you know, I didn't, I could have had all this, but I still have to my president. Um, and uh, you have uh, Lane Hansen's son, the little picture op- photo op with the president. He had a great line, the little kid, yeah, yeah, about the he was, I'm not worried about her being vice president, no one shoots, <laughs> no one wants to shoot the vice president, yeah. And that's like, right as he puts his arm around the top, yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, we have the committee hearing begins, and immediately. Uh, Christian Slater's character does the uh, after she swears on the Bible, yeah. he basically you know picks at her about being an know, atheist, right? And wanting being an atheist and and uh, how can you swear on the Bible type thing? And then Running uses this as like we can we can uh, you know we can agree that you know she'll you you'll you can still tell the truth, and then uh, even though you know you're never religious, right? And then the <laughs> Immediately, he says, even though the senator shows her disdain for religion and those who practice it, which is her constitutional right. And uh, I don't know anybody who was actually a citizen was actually watching this and for real. They had to have seen what a horrible person Runyon was for the way he acted that way. But, you know, whatever. Um, 
and uh, you see someone, uh, the you see at the point, you just see a woman, you don't know who it is, interviewing uh, her classmate. That's all you know is her. Yes. But it's a classmate of a woman. That's all you know at the time. Um, and it's the uh, Catherine Shaw's her name, I think. So, you know, brunette woman. Anyway, she's interviewing. That's all you know is uh, the the actress is uh, Catherine Morris. Morris, who uh, Morris did Shaw, the yeah. Cold Case TV show. I okay. Show. Okay. Um, that was very interesting. I knew show. she was in one of those. But. Yeah, it's a lot of themes stuff that dealt with music and going back and forth in time, not physically, but going back to the original Cold Case, uh, original yeah. case when it happened yeah. back in time, and the Cold Case people would have it, hmm. and they use music from different eras to to define. Yeah, uh, the case. Okay, uh, to put, the, put the the stuff in the past in the right context. You know, if this one okay. was playing. That's when it was happening. That kind of thing. I like that. And they even had some theme episodes where I, it was all uh, John Mellencamp music or mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen music or something like that, <laughs> so that it would follow through. They're very music centric, but I recognize it right away. Okay, I mean, I knew she's in one of those type shows. Yeah, one of the exactly. But you know, at the, the in the story though, all you know is. She's, she's interviewing she's about a woman. She's investigating some woman. Yeah. What's going on? And that's all you know. It's, it's about some woman. And it's, you know, uh, and that's, it's a good little, uh, the way they do the story that And, way. you know, I recognize right away with the caginess in which they right. didn't define what it, she was really, mm-hmm. that, that she was looking for something that we may not be seeing. Right. I was trying to go through all the, all the women in the movie. Right. And, uh, Trying to actually the Bechtel test, yeah, um, which I don't think comes across very well in this movie. Probably not. Um, um, I really can't think of it, except for the interview right there mm-hmm. of uh, the two characters. Well, that's true. They are talking about a woman, so I guess that. But uh, they don't really, uh, they don't really get the name. That's of, true. Of, of the blonde, right? That's true. Um, so she's. We know she's a former classmate and current friend of someone mm-hmm. uh, and they're talking about a woman not, not a man mm-hmm. we don't really know what's going on yet so. yeah it's a good uh, little you know mislead potentially um I was another thing i thought might this might be a red herring they might be throwing some kind of red herring across because mm-hmm. when i looked it up on imdb it was a thriller you know mm-hmm. a thriller. I'm like, where's the thrilling part besides the whole confirmation here mm-hmm. A little bit of new. Yeah. Where the thriller part was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you see, go back to the hearing, and um, you see uh, your Runyon, like the, the uh, pictures of the gangbang show up on a website. Yeah. And uh, Runyon goes to the point of, you know, this, you know, we, I, for one, you know, show my disdain or whatever for sexual deviance. At www.nicholsreport.com. <laughs> he is so shitty. Yeah. It's so great. Um, and uh, and then uh, also they ask uh, Evans about it, and uh, he's meeting with someone, you know, maybe a president of a, another country, and me and whoever it was would both welcome the people, only the votes of only the people with sexual discrepancies in the past. We'd be landside victors every time. And we'll be back right after this. I'm serious. Do you have any idea what... I don't know. Uh, thanks for coming in, guys. All right. Sit down. You got five apes in a cage. 
You got a banana hanging by a string in the middle of the cage. You got some stairs going to the banana. Now, pretty soon, one of those apes is going to go for the banana. As soon as he hit the stairs, you take a hose and you spray all five apes with freezing cold water for five minutes. Now, some time passes. And pretty soon, another one of the apes is going to make the same attempt with the same result. All five apes get sprayed with the cold water. Now you turn off the cold water. You never use it again. One of the apes is going to go for the banana. He hits the stairs. The other four apes pounce on him and beat the shit out of him, right? Okay. Understandable. Now you replace one of those original apes with a new ape. After a while, that new ape, he's going to spy that banana. And when he goes for the stairs, the other four apes are going to jump on him and beat the shit out of him, right? Now, time passes. You replace another one of the original apes with a new ape. That new ape is going to go for the banana. The other four apes beat the shit out of him, right? Including the first new ape who has no idea why he's so enthusiastically beating the shit out of this poor guy, nor why he himself had the shit beat out of him, okay? Now, you keep replacing these original apes with new apes until finally you've got a cage filled with five apes who have never had the freezing cold water sprayed on them, and nevertheless, not one of the apes will ever attempt to climb those stairs again. Why not? Because that's the way it's always been done around here. Thanks for coming in, guys. Those are for you. All right, we're back here on the podcast talking about the movie The Contender. And uh, this movie, Rotten Tomato score, 76. Wow. Yeah. When I looked this up uh, a couple days ago, I was expecting, I mean, a lot of people haven't heard of it, but still it's something you think the critics would still have loved. Mm-hmm. I was expecting 91, 92, 76. This is one of the lowest rated movies we've done so far. And I don't know why. Um, I, I kept thinking that the way this was written and made, it reminded me of the guy did West Wing. Mm-hmm. Who's got to do West Wing? Who's that guy? Aaron Sorkin. Yes, Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. And now that you're asking that question, maybe it's not well thought of by the critics because it wasn't Aaron Sorkin. Okay. It did this type of story right. extremely well. Right. But this, I would put this right up against any Aaron Sorkin story yes. regarding politics, presidency, and such like that because this is a firecracker from start to finish. I really liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the only thing I can think of is, you know, well, it came out in an election year. From yeah. Yes. Came out right um, before the election. So it could be that for the 2000 election, you know, that was a little uh, a bit of a firecracker itself. Mm-hmm. For us. Right. So maybe it got lost in the real life shuffle of the real life yeah. 2000 election. Maybe people, maybe Critics put off watching it when it first came out, yeah. and then politics was like, oh, yeah. And two, the 2000 Ugh. year was such a right. big one that it's quite possibly like there's too much fatigue for this movie, right? To really seen, yeah. Uh, or to be, uh, or in light of uh, 
the shenanigans that went on back then that yeah oh this is too real <laughs> right too real and you know i could see if it uh you know i mean because generally it makes the democrats look good and republicans look bad in this movie and of course most of hollywood is democratic so that should in theory should have helped it not hurt it i could see if it was the other way they might have not liked it but i don't i don't understand it 76 well you know year 2000 <laughs> there was a fairly large political shift mm-hmm. in the country yeah so you can see where that would also affect how people in general saw the movie right and critics maybe also saw the movie yeah, you know, in view of what was going on, right? Well, yeah, you, you just had a, a, a Democratic president for eight years, maybe making Democrats look good again isn't what people wanted. And, and when this movie came out, it was still prior to the election, right? And prior to the counting, and prior to hanging chads, and prior yeah. to the Florida decision, all yeah. that was to come well after the movie came out, yeah. But it was in the run up mm-hmm. to the election, right? That this was that this movie came out, yeah. Um, but either way, I don't, I don't know, I don't get it. But um, anyway, uh, the budget was nine million, box office twenty two million, adjusted box office twenty six million. So profitable, but not greatly profitable. No, and you know, with all the stars in it, you know. But considering I knew that most people have never heard of it, I wasn't shocked by these numbers. You know what? Sounds about normal. I'm really. thinking right now that wow, all those people that are in that movie, I'd really to see it. I'm talking about now, today, right, today's right. perspective. Right. Um, William Peterson went through uh, CSI mm-hmm. after this. His his big hit for the American public was mm-hmm. CSI. Was, was it after? I didn't. After. I thought it. I didn't know. Actually, I yeah, thought we, it was after. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Um, and then Gary Oldman, although he had uh, some very memorable parts, I think most of his most memorable were also after this. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree Jeff with that. Jeff has been around a long time. Right. The whole family has. Right. Tucker and Man in the Streams was well before this. Yeah, Jeff. I mean, Big Lebowski, we talked Big about, was, was not a. Just before this. Was, was, that was not a critical success at all. No one cared about Big Lebowski in yes. 2000. Nobody. Yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't, he wasn't riding the coattails. So right. No. Dude. No. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that uh, Sam Elliott wasn't running the coat house. Of- no. Nah. Roadhouse? Roadhouse. <laughs> no, Roadhouse. Sam Elliott was just an older guy who'd been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He, but know. today, we would look back at all these people and things are going on. And right. I believe West Wing came out after this as well. Mm-hmm. So that now we would look at things from a different perspective of what can be told in stories and yeah. say, wow, this was a really great cast, really yeah. well made, really well written. But at the time, it was an anomaly. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, and and also uh, Slater was on a downturn too. Yes, he Slater was. had been a poster boy, and he was but by two thousand he was rising, over the hill, rising Hollywood lead, <laughs> and then really? here he is. I think around age thirty two here, and uh, yeah, he is not the uh, yeah he's not grown into the uh, Indiana Jones type. No, no. So. <laughs> um, Paul, first let me first see this movie. Yeah, when did you first see the movie? Last week. Last week? Okay. Last week. <laughs> uh, and I, I want to say that I'd heard of it. Uh, you know, I have this sense of memory that I'd heard of it at the time. But I can't swear to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until you had it on your list and you said, this is a really good movie. You're going to like it. Mm-hmm. And I started looking into it. And once I saw it and mm-hmm. went back and did a little research, read some trivia up on it, I'm like, there's a lot going on. This movie has a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. And 
But that's from today's perspective. Yeah. Right? Like you're just saying, mm-hmm. I wonder, I put myself back in the year 2000 and look at this movie the same way. I know I couldn't. I, I didn't, obviously, because I never watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm pretty sure the way I first saw it, I think I probably rented it DVD from Blockbuster. Um, pretty did, sure. Did you return the DVD or are you still over that? Um, because there's I, a I think there, I there's it. the last Blockbuster out there I, somewhere. I rewound, I rewound it out in Bend, Oregon. Yeah, I rewound it though before I returned the DVD. Um, I'm pretty sure I rented it because I texted you. I don't know if you got to watch it or not. That uh, DVD I, I extra. I did not get to see the extra. The DVD extra, um, which is uh. If you, because I saw that I knew the I knew the extra because I loved it, so I'm pretty sure I ran it from Blockbuster, which had the extras on it, and it had the. If you want to watch it, it's great. It's just Google the Contender movie, Apes in a Cage, and it doesn't necessarily add to the story. It's just really funny. But um, um, and the uh, yeah, I first saw it and loved it the first time I saw it, and seen it many many times since. Um, and uh, I just happened to watch. I just happened to pick it up because I, you know, the, hey, that's a great cast. That's that's probably good. So how far? How long after your two thousand do you think that was? Um, I don't know. Probably mid two thousand one or something like that. Oh, so fairly close to the original. Yeah, pro- I mean, I don't know. It could have been two years later. I'm not sure actually. So it wasn't like ten years later. Oh no, no, definitely not. I saw it within two years, probably if if not sooner. Um, and I had heard of it because. A lot of movies I heard about because they were on, uh, you know, Ebert and Roper or Glenn Ebert. And uh, I think I'm pretty sure I heard about it because of them. There's a lot of movies on this list that I knew about early just because of Roger Ebert, for sure. And I think this is one of them. Um, the release date of the movie, October 13th, 2000. Um, is that a Friday? That might be part of the reason. Uh, I don't know. Probably. Um but um, oh, October third, oh, Friday thirteenth, yeah, in October, yeah, probably was, maybe it was cursed. Um, so yeah, it was like three weeks before the election or four weeks, and um, similar, well, not similar movies, but movies in theaters the same day this came out. Um, Billy Elliot, which I never saw, but supposedly a really good movie. Uh, that's another. Well, yeah. I won't see lines. I'll say I won't see lines. Contenders. Oh, I've heard of that. It should be good. Yeah, and that's. My right. Whole, right. My whole interaction with it. Yeah. And, it, it should uh, be good. Yeah. Other movies in theaters. There's many of them here. Uh, I'll read it off here. Pay It Forward, Charlie's Angels, Meet the Parents, Requiem for a Dream, Best in Show, and Nurse Betty. Nurse Betty. Yeah. You know, uh, I think the only movie here on that list that I actually saw in the theaters would have been Charlie's Angels. I saw, definitely saw Pay It Forward, Charlie's Angels, and Meet the Parents in theaters. I did not see Pay It Forward mm-hmm. in the theaters. I did see it eventually. Um, Meet the Parents. At the time, I was not a big Ben Stiller fan. And my like for him has gone up and down. Yeah. I've seen the movie since then. I've seen yeah. all three of them. Yeah. Um, the trilogy. Yeah. The Fokker. That Fokker trilogy. Uh, I've seen them all. Yeah. And it, uh, but, um, you know, Best in Show was very close to making my list. Meet the Parents was definitely considered for the list for sure. Um, do you remember how big a deal Pay It For was when it was in theaters? Everybody was talking about yeah, it. Yeah, because the, the, the concept, all that. Yeah, it was all kind of bullshit, but I think, honestly, no, it's a good idea. I'm just saying it was something everybody was talking about for like a month, and then just people forgot about it. Yeah. You know, the, the movie, you know what I'm saying. Whatever, it's a good idea, but I'm just saying 
it's one of those things that was almost like internet meme that everybody knew about and it just was gone like a month later. Um, but several good movies there. Requiem for a Dream is a movie I still haven't seen that everybody says is amazing. Um, and uh, I believe I was trying to remember this movie we're doing uh, Last Man Stanton with Robin Williams. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> one of the movies I couldn't remember. You mean Requiem for a Dream? Yeah, what he in that? No, no. I um, must be thinking of a different movie. Ellen Burstyn, and I can't remember who else. I think one of the Wayans brothers is actually in it. I mean, it's a dramatic movie. It's no. about drug trips and stuff. Um, sounds like something he might have been in. I mean, if he was, he had a very bit part. I don't think he was, though. Um, and um, the uh, so we can get back to talking about the, the story on this. And um, the... Uh, <clears throat> So I'm trying to remember where I was at here. Um, uh, you know, this is in the middle of the, uh, we were talking about the hearing and uh, Webster realizes that they're up to no good. And like he, you can see he doesn't trust, he doesn't trust them anymore, trust Runyon or anything. Um, and you get to the, uh, the fictional show called America Live. Um, there's no monitor there. And, uh, you know, we find out later that the guy she's basically, can't see, but the guy's interviewing is a guy who supposedly was there for the gangbang. Um, and he says, uh, you know, to her credit, she was very drunk. Um, and uh, get back to the hearing and um, the maternity, you know, the, the maternity leave question, you know, Runyon's, you know, asking her, well, if you were to be pregnant, are you still able to have kids? If you were to be pregnant, are you going to equal maternity leave as president? And all this stuff, which is all, you know, of course, very unfair that a woman has to be asked this stuff, you know. Um, and uh, Runyon says, I don't think we should penalize our citizens for having children. I think that's a that's not a partisan issue or <laughs> something like that. Um, and uh, she has the line, uh, you know, about President Clinton. I think we can say that he was not, <coughs> he was not guilty, but responsible. Yes. And uh, everyone laughs and it's pretty funny. And that comes back later. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that line. Can use it because whatever you like, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Lane has the line, you know, talking about being under oath. And she says, yes, I understand that between the two of us, I am the one who's under oath. And that's a really smart line. Um, and uh, she mentions that uh, when she's talking about, I think she's talking to Evans again. You know, if I were a man, no one would care how many sexual partners I had in college, which is true. I mean, yeah. there's no way, <laughs> you know, um, and uh, they uh, meet up with uh, Runyon's wife um, and uh, she's basically <clears throat> mad because he's basically trying to ruin a woman who's got a shot at maybe being the first woman president potentially. And, uh, yep. you know, and uh, she gives him the leverage um, about the abortion and, uh, and and they say she, he's a hypocrite. He's like, no, he doesn't know. So that's pretty it's pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> so they get an argument and you get to the point where you think she might use it, but she does not use that. Um, and then you see on the, you see the, uh, the girl from the interview earlier meets with some guy on the golf course with the file. And, uh, you know, you don't know who she still don't know who she is. You don't know who he is. But also at prior, the time, prior to this, she'd already interviewed, Besides the friend of the right. woman uh -huh. that they're that she's investigating, mm -hmm. Hathaway. 
And yeah, she, yeah, she asked some sure. pointed questions about where he was fishing, why he was fishing yeah. there, what he was fishing for. Right. And uh, you realize that she's investigating um, probably the accident. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought she yeah, yeah. But why, why else an interview halfway right, about right. where he was and why he wasn't. Right. She was really in your, right. uh, investigating the accident. Mm-hmm. And yet I did go back to the first interview mm-hmm. with the woman, the blonde mm-hmm. woman, and mm-hmm. put it together like, well, she's in, she's investigating the victim. Yeah. You know, even though all of this movie is about dirty pool politics. Yeah. At, at that point, although I realized she was investigating the accident. Yeah. I didn't get into the dirty politics of what she might be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, until the scene with the, on the golf course. I'm like, who's okay. this guy? And and he's looking through her notes, so maybe he's her boss. And like, oh, yeah, politicians golf, and this, that, and the other. And yeah, and I started putting things together. And then the the next scene with her and Kermit later on in the movie mm-hmm. gels all that together. Yeah, yeah. And there's one thing that guy on the golf course when he she's going up to talk to him, I felt like they were trying to put a mislead in. The guy's coughing really bad, and. It felt to me like they were going to do that, the trope of, okay, this guy's going to find out the truth about something. He's coughing really bad, so this guy's going to have a heart attack before he lets it go or something. They didn't do that, but it felt like they were trying to make you think that might happen. Yeah, the, Maybe the, not. but the, the couple things might be going on with that cough. I've, I've heard the cough. Yeah. And it's like, well, they're either they're building up to uh, <clears throat> someone who has a limited time. Mm-hmm. Or something, or this is just one of those interesting character bits mm-hmm. they put in because they put a lot of good character bits for everyone in here. Oh every yeah, actor, yeah, every character I should say has lots of neat little uh, side quirks that they just roll roll off the character. Yeah, and, and you you see them as you're watching the movie, but the movie doesn't dwell on it. Yeah, yeah, a- except for Evans ordering the food. Right, right. Um, and uh, pretty soon we see the hearing uh, Meryl, Meryl Hemingway is all of a sudden on the stand, and you find out she's the ex-wife of Lane Hansen's current husband, Mr. Hansen. And uh, you know they why you know why are you divorced? Um, well, he was the campaign manager on her you know campaign, and I noticed when she won, um, they were holding hands, but not like you would hold hands with a their hands were interlaced. They were interlocked. Just, yeah. There was a, someone on her other side who she was just holding hands with him, but with my husband, hands were interlaced. And as yeah. I'm watching, the doorbell rings. Mm-hmm. And I, I, at the time, I didn't know where that was going to go. And she goes into the door and she's being served separation papers mm-hmm. by her husband. Mm-hmm. They're on TV with the next woman in his life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a very good little storyline there. Um, um, I think uh, he got. Again, we have Hanson talking with Kermit. Um, you know, he says that what you are is a sex craze home wrecking machine. Um, and uh, he says, you crystallize. I think Evan says this. So you crystallize the difference between guilty and being responsible because she isn't a. Um, um, can't take the word right now. Uh, adulterer. She's not because she's not married. But you were sleeping with someone who's committing adultery. Which is true. She's not an adulterer, but he, he says you crystallize the difference between being guilty and being responsible, and that's the way that comes back there. Um, 
And uh, Kermit says, confess to the gangbang. Confess to, just confess. Confess to all of it. And uh, and she says something about, well, it's just not right to be asked. It's none of their business. And Kermit says, what is our fucking business? And he gets really angry and really, really well in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he says, you can be cavalier on your own dime. And uh, she's kind of crying. And uh, Kermit's basically saying, you know, I don't give a goddamn what you did, how many guys you fucked, sucked, whatever, as long as it doesn't affect our, uh, you know, our administration. Right. I don't care. Um, and Webster meets uh, Hanson, I think this is when she's on the basketball court, um, gives him a, a letter. Yeah. And we don't know what that's supposed to be <clears throat> at the time. Well, I remember that the letter came after the hearings were over. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and I believe um, sort of the confess, confess, confess came after it was after the worst of it was over. And, mm -hmm. and they said, you know, we got in front of the, the press, we confessed everything, we mm -hmm. get ahead of it, blah, blah, blah. It's not too late. And she's like, you know, it, it's private. It's got to stay private. Got to remain the past. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even see the twist coming. It was part of that. Until yeah. yeah, until Webster shows up with the letter. Mm -hmm. At that point, I'm like, "There's only one thing that letter could be." Mm -hmm. It's the way he's talking about what's going on with her, with the the past, all mm -hmm. stuff. It's an exonerating letter. Yeah. So if it's an exonerating letter, right? They know exactly what it is. Uh, and he says, "Well, Shelly has it. I've got it. You've got it. I gave one to." He didn't say he even Evans, but later on you find out everyone has it. Mm -hmm. um, and I wouldn't be surprised if everyone yeah. got the letter. He's the type of guy that said, you know what? Uh, this is something that would exonerate her, so everyone's going to get this letter no matter what. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. um, but she says, you know, it's still my private past, right. and that's the way it's got to remain. Yeah. And that became kind of the her story is like, you know what? I should never have been asked this question. Mm -hmm. I was a guy, never would have been asked. Yeah, that's true. And as long as I hold up to my principles, I'm not kowtowing to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was her way of forging the way for all the women to follow, you know. Yeah. Don't capitulate to the system. Step forward on your own, own ground and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Um, and uh, the um, after this, we see the uh, scene where uh, we see Kermit uh, heading to the helicopter and then uh, the, the FBI girl. Well, this is when we see her with the FBI hat on. Yes. Before that, we don't know for and sure. She's wearing the full gear. She's got the jacket. Right. In the front and the back says FBI. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she gives Kermit the report. And uh, she says something about, you know, you're not going to something. You're not going to ruin her or something like that. You're not, you know, um, she says it might, might not be inappropriate, but. I want to say, you know, you're not going to ruin her. She's really hope for what we could be. It's interesting at the time, you know, with our historical perspective now. Mm -hmm. I got the connection to Obama, okay? Mm -hmm. Except he came eight years later. Yeah. Eight years after this movie was he right. his first campaign where he used hope as, um, yeah. as one of his, you know, poster, right. poster words. Yeah. And yet here she is, this character saying, you know, don't don't dump on on uh, Hanson because she gives hope for the rest of us women that there's a path forward for us as well. Yeah. Um, 
And that's one of the messages that he had when he came into office. And it's interesting that uh, they were, this movie was foreshadowing that as well. Yeah, true. Um, But, uh, you know, after she says it might be inappropriate, but this and that, and then Kermit, you know, before he shuts the door in the helicopter, you're goddamn right. And she's smiling. He says, that was absolutely inappropriate. And he slams the door or the guy slams the door. Um, it's a great little mislead. You don't know, you know, she's happy and thinks he agrees and whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, uh, where, um, you know, they realize they're gonna, you know, at this point, they're going to get rid of Hanson and they're going to get, you think they're going to get rid of Hanson. They're going to get Hathaway. And, uh, you know, Evans meets with uh, Runyon on his boat on the presidential yacht. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, he's like, you know, who, you know, he's he already knows the answer, but Evans is like, well, who would you give smooth conversation to? Hathaway. Ah. It's like, okay, but I want you to guarantee. I want you to marry him too. I want you to go out there. And I knew he was setting him up. Yeah, I and mean, you just see yeah. the whole thing. Like this whole meeting with him is yeah. all about setting him up. You mm-hmm. know, oh, okay, I'll, I'll go with Hathaway, but you've got to. You have to marry yourself to yeah, you got to get there. You got to go out there and say something that you know. Yeah, he sinks and sink, you sink, so that I know that you're in it 100. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, and but Evans knows at this point what's going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> um, and then uh, you're in the uh, the Oval Office uh, with everybody, including Runyon and uh, and and Hathaway. And I thought this was really and interesting. Mm-hmm. That uh, Hathaway is there with his wife. And as they're going to have their little meeting, they usher the wife yes. out. But there in the background is the husband of Hanson, who, if it's just okay. husbands and wives, he shouldn't have been there. He should have been ushered out as well, but he wasn't. That's true. I think I it's a think little bit that. of foreshadowing. That's true. He was a political guy that ran campaigns. Right. But in this context, in that meeting, he's the husband. That's true. Going back to the, the man who pulls the string behind the woman. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're... If you're a woman, you're supporting the man. If you're a man, you're pulling the strings. That's true. But boom, suddenly he's in the room with the meeting, and Hathaway, his wife, is not. Yeah, okay. And at first, I thought that was incredibly political. But considering how the meeting went down, I think they were just sparing her. Yes. And they may definitely make a point. The, the focus, the camera focuses on her getting ushered out of the and room. The door closing. And not door. knowing, you know, wanting to be there, obviously, but. Yeah, and it's definitely important. Yeah. I never thought about it. That makes sense, though. Yeah. Yeah. And at first, I thought, oh, because I, I immediately, as the door was closing on her, I saw Mr. Hansen to the left in the back. Yeah. I'm like, well, if they're pushing the wife out. Yeah. And I, I kind of knew what the whole meeting was going to be about as well because I saw the setup coming. Yeah. Um, and I, the the Catherine Morris character set up Ronald's soul to this point. You realize what's going, what she's doing on her. Mm-hmm. From the time she gets to the helicopter scene, you really know they've got the goods mm-hmm. on the accident. Mm-hmm. And you know that there's no way Edmund's going to let Shelly get one over on him. Mm-hmm. Again. Not again, but he, he just wants to beat him. Yeah. He's been beating up on him in the hearings with Hanson. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so the meeting happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at the beginning of the meeting, the important thing is uh, he tries to order a sandwich or something, Munster. And uh, sorry, the kitchen's all out of Munster. He's like, 
oh, you better better get on that. We don't want the wheels falling off. Yeah. And everybody in the room is kind of smirking because they know he's been he's, looking for this. He's happy about. It. He's very happy. Yeah. They're trying to get them to do that. Yeah. And then uh, you know they. Uh, and uh, also, uh, as an aside here, you know, he's talking about his. He's talking about what his legacy is going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want the first woman in high executive office. I want this. Mm-hmm. And yet, <clears throat> I think he's completely content with. I've stumped the kitchen. Yeah. If, if he had lost everything, yes. I, think he could, I could at least say I stumped the kitchen. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, and then I think he says something to uh, Hathaway. Basically, you know, the FBI guy comes in. Basically, and he says he fucked up, buddy, and she said she was some kind of military term. Like she the, was a special, a special, something special or whatever. forces or something in Iraq or whatever. Yeah, get hired through Soldier Fortune magazine. Yeah, this is the victim in the car crash, and mm-hmm. apparently he had hired her to stage the accident. Oh yeah, in front of the yeah oh yeah yeah the, uh, the, reporter, the reporter, and he was supposed to dive in there, save her, be the big hero. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Except he couldn't get to the car. Right. And, I and, think, it, and it wasn't his fault. We could see going down there. He was really trying to. Yeah, yeah. You think they would have planned that part better? Yes. And that she would have, you know, popped the door open. Or if something. the window would have been down. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it also. And unlocked the seatbelt. <laughs> probably at the time that she wasn't doing anything to get the door open herself. She would be trying really hard to get out. Hmm. Um, yeah. Which made me think that she was a helpless type person. Mm-hmm. But now we learn that she was. Right, she, right. She, Someone hired specifically for this, you would have thought you would have been better at it. Yeah. And like you say, there's a little more planning as to what was going to happen right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, not only is uh, now we know Hathaway's get, getting arrested, but we know that Runyon is fucked. Yeah. And you see Evans and Runyon, and you see again the presidential seal on the ceiling. Yeah. And he says something like, you are who you are, and you are, I am who I am. And then he just starts talking normal again, coming to the party with the DAR, and we'll yeah. get to meet there, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Everything's normal. Yeah, and then uh, Evans and Lane are handsing her out on the, the lawn. She tells him what really happened, yeah. um, which, you know, she didn't take place in the orgy or you know, whatever. Um, and uh, it's funny how the Secret Service, you know, they can't find either one of them, which is, there's no way. <laughs> Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, but it's funny you see him like five minutes later, the Secret Service running out. They, they're given just enough time, private time, to tell the story, right? Where what was really going on, and again, it comes back around to her moral convictions. Yeah, why didn't she speak up? Why didn't she say this? Well, because I should never have been asked in the first place. Yes, um, and you have Evans as his passion speech in front of the Senate or the Congress or whatever. You know, and, and he, one of the party says, have you no decency, sir? And he points right at Runyon. And Runyon walks out. He's like, you may not walk out on me, but don't walk out on American people or something. Yeah. And he gives a speech, and everyone is cheering their asses off. And, you know, uh, Evan says, how's that for a swan song? And cut to the credits. Cut to the credits. We'll be back right after this. We are proud to welcome our friend and colleague, Lane Hansen, Madam Senator, I welcome you. Thank you, Mr. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Would the gentlelady from Ohio please rise and raise her right hand? Madam Senator, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So I hope you God. I do. Please be seated. Mr. Chairman, point of order. 
The chair recognizes Mr. Webster of Delaware. Mr. Chairman, I direct your attention to page 16, tab C25 of the ledger. This is a transcript of a Q&A session between the nominee and several students from Harvard University. Page, uh, page 16? Uh, page 16 at the bottom of the page. Uh, you will see the following remarks in reference to a question regarding the separation of church and state. The nominee said, and I quote, the separation exists because we cannot have a fairy tale govern a nation. What, sir, is the point? Well, the senator has just sworn an oath to an entity she does not believe in. Madam Senator, you understand that you have promised to be truthful to this committee. Yes, sir. And you understand that lying to yes. this body is perjury punishable by law. Yes, I do understand that. Well, I think we're, I think we're all agreed that even though the, the senator has shown her a disdain for religion and those, and those practicing it, which is her constitutional right, that does not necessarily, Mr. Webster, make her a liar. Um, I'm confident we can proceed. Have you seen this? Of my, um, of my file on you, Senator. Mm-hmm. How did you get it? Have you read it yet? How did you get it? Have you read it? What do you have to say for yourself? With all due respect, Madam Senator, it doesn't matter what I have to say for myself. Oh, it doesn't? Well, it seems to me, Mr. Chairman, that all you can claim about me, claim, is that I had sex while Deviant I... sex. Oh, who deviant? Who says it was deviant? I do. And what I say, the American people will believe. And you know why? Because I'll have a very big microphone in front of me. Okay, we're back here on the podcast, and uh, it's time to play the games we play every episode. And uh, right now we're doing uh, Last Man Stanton, named after Harry Dean Stanton, which is <clears> taken <throat> Douglas Movies podcast, which it's a fairly simple one. Um, we pick a name of an actor and any movie they've been in. Um, or if they've directed a movie, it counts. As long as it's a theatrical movie, TV shows don't count. Uh, TV movies don't count. Name any movie they're in. The first one that can't name them uh, is out. Yeah. So far, I've lost each game we played of this. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Um, and to keep it a, a bit of a randomized version, I have a list of eight names, very big actors that we both know a lot about. But Paul's going to pick the number, and then we do the name and based think, on the list. I do not know who's on the list or no. what order they're in, so my number will remain. Right. So for example, I said number five right now. Mm -hmm. for, just for example, mm -hmm. I would be picking a certain actor or actress. Yes. So I'm going to go at number four. You're going to number four? Okay. Number four is Gary Oldman. Oh, would, speaking of Gary Oldman. Would you like to go first or second? Uh, I'd like to go first and say the contender. Contender, that's a good one. Yes. I'll say uh, True Romance. Ah, Murder in the First. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, Leon, the Professional. Oh, that's a good one. Um, and uh, I'll say um, Sid and Nancy. Batman Begins. Ah. Um, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Um, I will say, um, man, should have been a lot better than this. 
<laughs> he, he's been a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does dive fairly deep in his roles, and as I've seen the contender, he does a very good job of yeah becoming a character. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I'll say uh, JFK. Are you saying it because he was in it, mm-hmm. or were you just guessing? No, he was in it. Okay. Lee Harvey Oswald. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fifth element. Oh yeah. Can't believe I can't think of a bunch of Gary Oldman movies right now. Wow, this is terrible. Um, I will say, um, wow. Um. Wow. Um, the uh, Churchill movie. Um, I believe you have to name the movie rather than just kind of... Vague description? Yes. Vague description didn't quite do it. Uh, the Gathering Storm? Are you guessing it's the title? Yes. Is that the title? I have no idea either. <laughs> I don't think it is. I can't believe I'm out already on Gary Oldman. <sighs> At least you didn't get to Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. Wow. That, that, that was my next one. That's terrible. I don't know why it's so bad. I'm just happy to have won a game for the first time in like uh, 14 years. Yeah, I I don't know what's wrong with me there. It must be must be something wrong with me. I can't believe I missed that. Um, and uh, we well we mentioned a bit, but one thing I forgot to mention was uh, the director. We, we mentioned the director Rod Lurie. There's Robert. not there's not a lot else to talk about because, like I said, he hasn't done that many other things. I'm, I'm actually uh, looking at his IMDb, and he's done a number of episodes, two or three, in various different series. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to would like to look at those episodes because mm-hmm. it also kind of indicates that he wrote and directed them. Yeah, you know, how did those episodes compare to other episodes in the series, mm-hmm. or just as a straight up story? Can I watch that one episode, that two episodes, and yeah. be happy, or or not? Yeah, because I really like the way this moves me. In fact, uh, I thought the camera work and uh, the I don't know, cinematography, all mm-hmm. of it was very well done. Mm-hmm. I really think he put everything into this movie and just he made it right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. I, I was struck by the scene where Webster, Christian Slater's character, meets mm-hmm. Evans for the first time at the White House, mm-hmm. and he's in this ante room with multiple doors and pictures all around it, mm-hmm. and the camera work is just working all around him as he's pacing back and forth in the room. Mm-hmm. And the he's looking at the presidential photos. There and Harry Truman or whatever. Joy at being in the White House yeah. and looking at all this stuff, yeah. which comes back and bite him in the ass when the president talks to him. Yeah. But the camera work is, is going all around him, following him, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> I thought it was very good for what Essentially, was a static standing in a room waiting for the president. Shot, yeah, was turned into a very active, uh, very active scene. Yeah, uh, just waiting for the president. Another thing I really liked was that uh, <clears throat> Evans' character, not just uh, the the food thing, he was ordering the food, mm-hmm. but he was almost always, I won't say lecturing, but he was amazed mm-hmm. when he talked about something historical about this, that, and the yeah. other, whether the bowling alley or something else. Yeah. Um, about the presidency, about the White House, you know. Yeah, and um, yeah, really, I, I'm, I'm shocked that the guy never really did that many other things, because I, I don't know, I just, I love this movie so much that... Um, You'd be your top 100. Yeah, and I would have suspected that uh, 
he had did it, directed did it, several more movies. How, and how deep is your hundred dip yet? Oh, we don't know that yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you can't uh, can't divulge. Magician never reveals. Um, you know, one thing I forgot to mention earlier when normally is the, the awards. Uh, Oscar nomination, uh, best actor in a supporting role, Jeff Bridges, and best actress in a leading role, Joan Allen. So, two Oscar nominations and still a movie that most people never heard of. Yeah. And also Golden Globe, best nominee, best performance, um, Joan Allen, and uh, supporting role, Jeff Bridges nominee. Screen Actors Guild nominee, Joan Allen, uh, Jeff Bridges nominee. And uh, actor, uh, supporting role, Gary Oldman. So... I, I don't. I don't get it. It's just. It's a mystery why this movie wasn't, you know, bigger. But um. <clears throat> but uh, it's time to talk about uh, who's your guy in this movie. Who's my guy? Mm-hmm. Now there are a lot of interesting characters here, both good and bad. Yeah. I'm. I'm going to go with the character Webster. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that <clears throat> they show different shades of of gray for everybody, good mm-hmm. and bad. <clears throat> and he pretty much comes right up and says, you know, this is what I want. Um, uh, this is what I'll do. This is what I won't do. Mm-hmm. And he sticks with his guns very much the way uh, Hanson does. Mm-hmm. Sticks with her guns. But except she doesn't really come out and say, this is why. The whole point of the movie is the mystery of why. Mm-hmm. Her character is doesn't really come out from that, but his character does. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this. I'm he doing changes, this. yeah. And he does change, mm-hmm. of course, the movie. Perhaps a little bit, um, but not too much. Mm-hmm. Um, he's ambitious. He wants to be on the committee. Mm-hmm. He's a junior, a freshman. He gets he gets the opportunity by letting uh, Shelly know that, um, you know, I don't really agree with her politics, so I can be objective. Mm-hmm. And Shelly wants to be subjective. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, as things develop, and he gets to know what's going on and has questions that uh, <clears throat> he does his own politicking. Mm-hmm. I, I like the character of Webster in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd pick uh, Kermit, Sam Elliott's character. Another good character. He's just, you know, just brutal and honest and funny. A lot of, uh, you know, he's protecting the president yep. and, uh, you know, doesn't really have, doesn't really care doesn't have patience for other people. He's just trying to protect the president. Make sure the job that has to be done is getting done properly. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't really, uh, doesn't really care what else. uh, Doesn't mince words. Doesn't doesn't mince words at all. Yeah. So, um, so it's, uh, and I'm going to mention, I'm going to, I'm going to, before I forget to, I'm going to tack on the, uh, uh, the deleted scene that I mentioned on on the podcast, uh, probably at the end, and uh, it's it's hilarious. You don't have to you don't have to see it to understand why it's great. Uh, it's just uh, it's uh, Jeff Bridges and Sam Elliott and Saul Rubin X characters in the Oval Office, and the president is having a discussion with them, um, and it's just uh, it's funny, uh, but you don't have to see it to understand why it's so great, really. He's just talking to him. Um, so it's time to figure out who the villain is in this movie. Who do you think the villain is in this movie? I'm sorry. Countdown. We got to count down our list first. 
before we uh, our, uh, our villains. <clears throat> yeah, um, and we have uh, here's our here's our current villains list. Um, at uh, at the bottom we have Wesley. Uh, it's Chris Rock from Nurse Betty. We have Doctor Zayas from Planet of the Apes. We have Johnny Favorite from Angel Heart. We have from the movie Three Kings. War is the bad guy. And uh, we have Jack from The Shining. We have Nazi Germany from Great Escape. Uh, we have uh, Rusty Nail uh, from Joyride. We have Buddy from Baby Driver. And we have Hans Gruber from Die Hard. And we have Alien, the Alien from Alien. So who do you think the... Uh... I think that this movie has a clear villain. Mm -hmm. That's because our hero is fairly clear as well. Our hero is Hanson. The movie's about her. She is the contender. Mm -hmm. Is about her becoming the next uh, vice president. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the hero is the one who contends against her the mm -hmm. most, and that is Shelley. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Gary Oldman always plays a right. fantastic villain. Yeah. So, I mean, who else could be? Uh, <clears throat> who else could it be? Uh, he's just uh, smarmy and goes for the throat and. Uh, Lays down the law pretty quick, and mm -hmm. this is what it's going to be. Too bad, you know. Yeah, he is the villain. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. There's, there's no other choice. I mean, yeah. really. Um, so, where do we think he fits on the list? Like Wesley is at the bottom. Um, Doctor Zayas, Johnny Favorite, War, Jack, Nazi Germany. Well, you know what? Uh, Dr. Zayas' character mm -hmm. is, I think, the closest to his character in what is being done. Yeah. Dr. Zayas' evil was also quite political. Yes. In keeping um, the apes dominant over mm -hmm. the humans. And uh, uh, although I never really got a clear sense of what it was about Hansen that he really, truly disliked, mm -hmm. but it did seem to be more of I just want to stick it to Evans one more time. Yeah. Um, yes. I put him around Dr. Zayas, probably one notch above him. One notch above him. Okay. One notch above. Okay. That makes sense. That would uh, that would knock Wesley, Chris Rock's character, off the list, and uh, it would put Dr. Zayas at number 10. Yeah. And then um, we have uh, Shelly Runyon then would slide in there at number yep. nine. Yes, it would. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, that makes sense. That makes sense. You're right. It's pretty similar to Doctor Zayas and what he what he does. As the the list evolves, I think it's easier to once we just define our villain from the movie to look at the villains on the list and say who is this most like. Yeah. And then is it really like that? Is it close enough? You know, I, I could see a, a villain in a future movie being very similar, but much weaker, much less evil intent, that kind of thing, and not mm -hmm. really making the list, even though it might be. Very much similar to the political machinations of Zayas mm -hmm. and Shelley Ryan, not making the list because they're really not that effective or yeah. or or over the top evil. You know? Yes, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Um, but we'll see what the future holds. Mm -hmm. So now it's time to talk about uh, the list. And Paul, where would this be on your list? Oh, wow, this is a new movie for me. I really liked it. I would. I'll I knew the, you would. I'll put <laughs> the top half of my list. Uh, yeah. I think I'll put this in the, uh, the top thirty, probably somewhere around uh, um, twenty-eight, twenty-seven, somewhere in that range. Okay. So where do you think it lands on my list? Uh, you definitely seem to like this a lot. 
Yeah. Um, my, my list of movies over here. Uh, I don't think it's in your top 10. It could be. Uh, Why the Dog is in Round 18. Uh, Great Escape is 28. Uh, Fields of Dreams is 31. Uh, Sting at 32. 33. Number nine. Number nine. It is in your top 10. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Right ahead of Baby Driver. And this makes it yes. the highest ranking yes. movie we have come across. Yes. Probably. The highest ranking movie we've done so far. I would not have put it at number nine. Yeah, it's uh, this movie's. I don't know. This movie has everything. It does, and it's funny, I'm, and I'm, it's a great story, and you don't expect what's going to happen. And and I think it is very well made movie, very well told, very well written. The characters are awesome. Mm-hmm. I can see it up there. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is a movie I've shown to a number number of people and said, you know, you need. And first of all, none of them had ever heard of this movie. And all of them loved it after they saw it. And it's and just. Include me on that. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great movie. Um, and this is a movie where, you know, actually for the first time this past weekend, I already want to watch it again just to see all those little things. Yeah. I know have got to be their story. Like you mentioned, uh, Hathaway Lookings watched just before mm-hmm. the action and things like that. And yeah. looking for those little clues and tells and such. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fact, watch thing is, yeah. In fact, a, Thinking right now of when Hathaway came back from the first meeting with the president and his wife was there in the ship. He goes, Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. I didn't mention that. But then she says, This is not the plan we had. Yeah. And at the time, you first said it's like the the political plan that we had. This is right. Right. Maybe she was talking about the plan with the car. That's true. I think she was talking in general. But, yes. But she might not have been. You don't know. And, That's true. And you're not to bring that up either. It's just one of those after you know everything's going on. Mm-hmm. Was she in on it? Mm-hmm. Or was she just talking about the political plan? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 great. It's, it's, this movie gets some some movies get some points for they're movies that people don't know about and I think they should kind of thing, you know, like it's kind of like rooting for an underdog kind of thing. And it's this movie. I absolutely love this movie. I think it's, it's outstanding really. Um, and, uh, Paul, do you have any, Oh, before we go to that, we got, we got our feature newest feature called uh, what didn't make the list. What didn't make the list? Um, because of, just because it was in theaters at the same time, uh, a movie that I already mentioned earlier, is was very close to making my top 100, probably in the 105 range. Best in show. Um, the, the I think I think the best, and most people, well, most people would say the best of the Christopher Guest improv movies uh, about a dog show, and uh, it's got all kind of great people in it. Really funny. I I, I love that movie so much, and that's. Uh, I mean, you've seen it, haven't you, Paul? I have. Yeah. And I think it's the best of those. Uh, Mighty Wind, I think, is the second best personally, but um, just a great movie. Um, really funny. And you know, Fred Willard, the great Fred Willard, who passed recently, is in it. Yes. And uh, I saw a uh, I saw a tweet uh, after Fred Willard passed, uh, um, you know, mentioning other like you know actors of that age, like someone please check on them or something like that, you know, and. Uh, Many people said that's Fred Willard's greatest role. I don't know if it's necessarily agree, but you know, he's uh, in that movie. I remember him from Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Yeah, and, uh, Fernwood Tonight. Fernwood Tonight. 
mm-hmm. way back then because uh, when those shows came on TV, we knew they were unique. Mm-hmm. We knew that they were telling a style of, of story and, and comedy that was unique to television at the time, even though Soap was out already. Mm-hmm. Sound Live was out already. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that the uh, different style mm-hmm. of storytelling was, was was out there. In fact, uh, if it wasn't for Fernwood Tonight and uh, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, best in show may never have been made. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it was very close to make my list. It didn't, <clears> but it was really close. Um, and, uh, Paul, it's time to talk about plugs. What kind of plugs do you have? Uh, <clears throat> well, I've been lately, you know, plugging movies similar to this. And I, mm-hmm. I like to do that again. A couple of movies mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, Dave. Mm-hmm. And an American president, two uh, uh, interesting looks at the presidency and uh, shenanigans that may or may not be going on. Dave was a comedy, mm-hmm. and American president was more of a drama, maybe a little bit of a thrill, but not quite. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> they both uh, and had some good actors doing a very good job with the presidency. And mm-hmm. I think people should uh, go out there and watch this. I haven't seen Dave since, you know, probably the year it came out or something, but I remember loving it for sure. Yeah. So Gorney Weaver too, and him playing his twin brother. Big, big right. He was not a twin brother. He was a lookalike. He was oh, that's someone, right. That's right. Someone who, uh, who looked like the president. Oh, that's right. And, uh, up in Kingsley was in a small mm-hmm. role, uh, uh, Franklin Jella, mm-hmm. uh, a number of really good people. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> American president had, of course, uh, Michael Douglas and Ed Benning, mm-hmm. um, lots of uh, uh, Michael J. Fox, mm-hmm. a lot of really good people in good roles. I believe American president was an Aaron Sorkin. I think so. Yes. I think so. Yeah. I uh, think that's kind of what led to West Wing, I think, that sort of idea. Yes. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah um, and uh, my plug is just the podcast. Um, just listen, uh, tell your friends, uh, like us, love us, subscribe, uh, set for automatic download, however you want to do that. Um, you know, the more you, you know, rate us, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts, uh, rating us goes a lot to make us uh, show up on lists, basically. Good. Um, and, um, yeah, just tell your friends about the podcast. That's the main thing I had to plug. So next week on the podcast, what kind of proof do you need? Underpants. Girls underpants. That's right. Next week, we're talking about 16 Candles on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. Hate and ego have no place residing in what my good friend Lane Hansen calls the chapel of democracy. So let me make one thing clear. You come at us with whatever weapons that you have in your arsenal... But there is no weapon as powerful as that of an idea whose time has come. A woman will serve in the highest level of the executive. Simple as that. Yesterday, I spoke with Lane Hansen. I told her that she could decide her own destiny if she wanted to continue her fight for confirmation that I would stand beside her. She has asked me to allow her to step aside. She told me that she wanted my administration to end on a note of triumph and not controversy. Understand, those of you who work to bring Lane Hansen down, that she asked to have her name withdrawn from consideration, not because she isn't great, but because she isn't petty. 
because those two conflicting leadership traits could not live as one within her body or her soul. Greatness, it comes in many forms. Sometimes it comes in the form of sacrifice. That's the loneliest form. Now, it turns out that Lane Hansen is a woman, an American of devout principle, and she has inspired me to act alike. And I cannot accept Senator Hansen's withdrawal. And I'm now calling for an immediate vote of confirmation of Lane Hansen. And Mr. Speaker, I, I would like to make this a live roll call. I want to see the faces of those of you who would eliminate the possibility of greatness in American leadership because of half-truths, lies, and innuendos. I will not be deterred by partisanship. I will not be deterred by misogyny. I will not be deterred by hate. You have now come face to face with my will. Confirm my nominee, heal this nation, and let the American people explode into this new millennium with the exhilaration of being true to the glory of this democracy. Thank you.